0: Literally, I was literally in shock that they
1: still make it. Yeah. Well, Nat, Matt's great. drinking a 32-ounce. Uh, we might as well say they're our sponsor today, Diet Snapple.
2: Diet Snapple peach tea. Uh, hey, uh,
1: Pastor Baldwin, oh, I am <laughs> I am honored to be sitting here with you. Uh, you, you shared your heart uh, on Sunday, and I just appreciate that so much because, um, like, y- you could have come up and tried to put on some performance. But instead, you shared with us a little bit about how you were feeling uh, emotionally and the challenges and experiences that you had leading up to preaching on Sunday. And it was, I got to say, I was leaned forward uh, and and listening to what you had to say um, and watching you put uh, Scripture into practice. Uh, you, you maybe were tempted to push through, uh, but... Uh, I saw you really lean on and depend on Jesus as you were preaching, so I wanted to thank you for that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I realized something in the midst of my sermon prep this week, which was I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was putting a lot of work on myself, which is interesting, because there's a lot in the passage about work, obviously talking about the Sabbath, and I think, you know, I, I tend to watch other preachers, I tend to watch other communicators, I tend to want to be like other people. I look at pastors who are incredibly talented and gifted in communication and are very funny and speak really well and are just bright and witty and on the spot. And I want to be all those things. And so sometimes when I get into my sermon prep, I'm just trying to, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about how can I be funny for the people? How can I engage them? Because uh, there is a sincerity of, I want people to know Jesus and I want them to be interested in what I have to say because I want to preach the gospel. But at the same time, what I started to realize is that I wanted to be God for them. I wanted to take their burdens and bear them on myself. I wanted to give them the joy that only Jesus can give them. And so um, sometimes you, you, you preach through a sermon, and you get a big takeaway that might not be, everybody else's takeaway, but my takeaway in this sermon was, I wrote on the, the top of my notes here, um, we want to be God. And I think uh, my realization was, I want to be God. And I and, and that leads me to a lack of rest.
1: So not everybody preaches, but I think a lot of people can relate to that. And, and maybe not entirely to the statement of, I want to be God, but it's, that's the evidence of their life. Right? The way that they work, the way that they worry, the way that they try to control everything, they aren't saying the words, I'm God or I want to be God, but the way that they're living their life is a demonstration of, uh, I'm trying to be God. I'm trying to be the one I can depend on in my life.
0: I think you asked the question, are you mad when you're not God? And again, it doesn't sound like, I don't say, I don't set out in the morning to say, I think I'm going to try and be God in my life today, but it is taking on, I think it is like you use the word burden, but, and I don't think that it just is preaching. I think it's the burden of trying to even sometimes help others. I can't, I can't save other people. I can't. I can do my best to allow God to use me to point them to him but I'm ultimately not the one that's going to affect the change in their life and that feels hard because I want to or I want to control I mean even something so little as like your kids behavior right you want to be able to do the right things and make that happen and when you can't it feels frustrating and I think people don't like to admit that they're mad about it but I think deep down.
1: (laughs) We want to get to like some of the practical. Uh, so like we imagine some of the people are going to be in their community groups this week uh, and and discussing the sermon and they want it. we want to get into some of the practical elements. How can we put this into practice? And if I could share just personally, uh, as I'm looking at this section of scripture, I read it and I was like, okay, here's another healing. Okay, Jesus healed again. Uh this has climbed the charts for me in my favorite Jesus moments, okay? So, just a quick synopsis. Jesus is teaching On the Sabbath, this woman is is hunched over. In case you weren't here on Sunday, definitely check out the sermon so that you can be a part of this conversation. This woman is hunched over. She cannot straighten herself up. Jesus, in the middle of teaching, sees her, calls her over to him, and touches her and heals her. And she's immediately able to stand up. And then somebody in the crowd is like, wait a minute, you can't do that on the Sabbath right? And so we have a couple of elements here about The nature and character of Jesus, who is a representation of God. We're we're learning something about what the Sabbath is. We're learning something about disabilities. We're learning something about freedom because when he touched her, he said, Woman, you are set free or you are loosed. So there is a type of captivity that Jesus sets sets us free in. Uh, And then we're also learning about like the the religious uh, people that are trying to work their way toward God and the rules. That they've made uh, in in their lives in order to be God, uh, and so I, I've I am I am captivated now by this story. I see so much application, and so I'm hoping maybe with the minutes that we have left, we can get into how do we apply this? What can we learn about who Jesus is, and and start to think about in those moments when we feel like we can't straighten ourselves, right? Like. Our head is hanging down we're looking down and no matter what we do no matter how hard we work we cannot straighten ourselves and so uh, I don't know what's uh, what what do you guys have that we can put some some practical application to um, in in this
2: well I think uh, a big thing for me personally was just um, we were talking about this in our staff meeting this morning uh, reading a chapter out of gentle and lowly and um, one of the things that I think we as Christians and as people have a really hard time with, even if you're just struggling with who God is or if there is a God, is who is he, what's his character like, and how does he see you? Right? We talked about this a lot in this passage. That's one thing that I underlined and highlighted and bolded in my notes was Jesus sees you. And um, it was something really impactful to me is he sees me how I really am. Um, without all of the stuff and the burdens and the things that I've that I've put on myself, um, but but who I really am deep down inside, and He sees me as beautiful and worthy of love. And I think that there's some a uh, real practical application to that in going through the Word of God, reading your Bible, and looking at how Jesus sees you. Asking through prayer and through time in the Word, how does God? How do you see me? What what do I what do I what have I misbelieved about the way you see me?
1: What's I mean, what is so powerful about that? And you paused as you were as you were teaching the sermon. You paused and you said, He sees you. Like that alone, right? Like to be seen, to be known, like Jesus sees you. Now start to think about how he sees you. Because chances are that has been twisted in our minds about how God sees us, right? And that 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 like I, so I work in the biblical counseling ministry, and I'm working with clients, and that is often the root issue. How does God see me? How, how, what does God think about me? How is God responding to me when I'm, when I'm weak, or when I'm sinning, or when I'm fearful? Or, or That tends to be a root issue. Uh, so that was such a powerful moment when you said, number one, he sees you. Jesus sees you right where you are. Uh, and 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 let's give consideration to how he sees you, because he sees you with compassion as you are, uh, not who you're trying to project.
0: I think we were just talking about that. When he doesn't see the, the prettied up version of you, the one where you come to church on Sunday and you say, I'm fine. That's our, we've we've talked about that before. That's our answer. That's what we say, Um, that he sees not what other people see of you too, right? A lot of how we see ourselves is like what other people have projected onto us or said to us through our childhood or how we have seen ourselves, Um, but that he, all of that has been stripped away and he sees like who we are, which like we are made in his image, right? We are we are who we are because He loves us, and He has told us that we are worthy, not because of what even what we think about ourselves or whether there is a book that's called "The Freedom of Self Forgetfulness" by Tim Keller. Just if you've ever heard of him, um, but He's and like I a think or that's something? yeah. Okay, um, but that's a really hard thing. It's hard to ignore what other people say about you. But I think it's actually hard to ignore what we say about ourselves and what we have preached to ourselves over time. And that we need to look and see that he, you know, she was made straight and she glorified God and that she was free. That, I mean, we don't know how to get to there because we can't do it ourselves.
1: And I think that's to the point that you were making, Matt, like the simple application it seems every week is read your Bible. Right, read your Bible. Like, okay, so that feels like another work or another chore. But what is happening when you read the Bible? You're replacing your 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 wrong view of who God is with what's true. What does God actually say about Himself? What did Jesus actually do in response to this woman in weakness, in her infirmity, and in her captivity? Look at Jesus. He's different than what you think he is. And he's looking at you differently. And then Liz, you said you said how we view ourselves, the way that we've spoken to ourselves. What does the Bible say about who you are? What if what if we replace those thoughts? So the practical application of reading, just you know, go read your Bible. That's not a chore. That's, that's a process of setting you free and replacing the lies that you've chosen to believe with the truth of God's Word, and that gives you the power to live every, every single day.
2: Something that's been life-changing in just my walk with Jesus in the past couple of years is just being more aware of my thoughts. Um, as a person who has anxiety, my thoughts tend to run away pretty quickly um, I wrestle with my brain constantly. And something that I've just come to realize is there's a lot of things about my thoughts that I've accepted um, and that I've even fed into. And so I have, I, I, would, I would call it an act of faith. I would say that I, would, I looked at the scriptures and I said, God says something different. And if I believe this, then I just got to invest the time. And so it, it, the, the word of God stopped being a burden on me in that moment when I said, like, God loves me. I know the word says that, and so I started to just read my word in faith, read the Bible, wake up in the morning, and 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 develop a discipline that turned into a love, a genuine love. And it took some work, um, but it was. Uh, uh, I would say that that that's like um, that's the woman in this this uh, passage. She's coming to Jesus, knowing, believing that she's healed, and G- and in her act of uh, in that work. That, that step she took, that leap of faith, as she walks forward to him, he touches her and she stands up. And I, I, that, that's reading the word of God for us. That's coming to him in prayer and honesty and vulnerability and just saying, God, this is where I'm at, but I believe what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and you said another practical thing. You even mentioned this at the back, uh, at the end of your sermon. Look at what this woman did. She was here on Sunday. Right, she showed up on Sunday, and what did she have? She had an encounter with Jesus. Right, so that's a that's like a great place to start. Uh, and and again, not as like a work or an effort, show up to church, but show up to church expecting to encounter Jesus. Right, not to say that he's not where you are everywhere you go, uh, but like show up with that expectation. I get to be with God's people, and I get to encounter Jesus today. Uh, so practical step number two: go to church. Uh, yeah, what else do you have for us, Liz?
0: And I think that that you know the beginning you said, you know, we're tired from trying to be God. And when you, when you start to think of all these things, I love what you said in the end of the the sermon I listened to, that these are simple things. We're not called to add more burdens upon ourselves. These are ways that we get to meet with God. We get to come and sit under preaching and hear the word and help understand it, right? If that's, if that's one of your barriers, I don't understand how to read the Bible. Come to church and have it explained to you by someone who has been called to do that for you. Prayer. Talk to God. That's that's a that's a blessing. It's it's I think it's seen as a chore if you think, you know, like you said, your thoughts start to run away with you and you start to just take it as a burden and then read his word. These are things that we get to do and they're a way to come to God. These are how we come to God. We can't walk up to Jesus on the Sabbath, but we get to do all these things and that it really is simple. I think you use the word disciplines. That's you know again. That sounds like a discipline, but these are spiritual disciplines. These are the routines that we put in our life, so that when we are having, when we are bent over, we we know where to go, and it's it's to God.
1: Yeah. So maybe closing thoughts. uh, And I'm just gonna. I know we didn't put together a list, but here's here's what I'm hearing. Practical steps. Uh, Read your read your Bible. Go to church, and then the third one, go to Jesus. Right in prayer. Uh, maybe some closing thoughts around around that?
2: I would say, um, you know, as you guys were talking, I would say, we were talking about the work of all of this. And so as we're doing this, um, you know, one of the things I wrote down in my notes, I'm not going to try to go through it, but that Jesus turns um, commands that you have to, um, like, live under and carry the weight of into... Um, opportunities to live like a new life, right? And these, this is what I want for for the people of our church and anybody who's listening today, is to to stop trying to be God, and to start enjoying Him. And so, um, as I'm going, th- as we're going through this today, I would just, I would just challenge people to ask themselves the question: um, If it's a struggle to read the Word for you, if it's a struggle to go to church, if it's a struggle to come to the Lord in prayer, how are you trying to be? the god of your own life i i I would just challenge people maybe maybe that's a not the appropriate question but i think it is i think it i think it could reveal some some things about you some things about why you get angry some things about why you get sad Um, you're
1: saying that because if if it is a challenge that should that should be an indicator to
2: you that you're going about it wrong that you're the in in this passage i think you're the ruler here yeah i think you're still living under your own your own law It's, like it's fine. It's
0: not coffee. It's got to be something. It's great.
2: So apparently we have. Do you have a coffee some, for us, Brandon? No, are he you doesn't. Pull
1: no, we made a deal. But let me. Uh, maybe let us just. L- let me wrap this up. Kay. Maybe you had a, a closing thought.
0: No, I think I think I was just going to kind of echo what he was saying that. It's it's a joy, and I think that's also why we are in community. I think that is something that is so important to me. People are hopefully going to watch some of this maybe in the context of their group. But if you are struggling with those things, reach out to someone. Tell them, hey, I am really struggling to read my Bible. How can you encourage me? How can, you know, and I think, you know.
2: You have to deal with this. I, like, I just have to say this so passionately. You have to deal with this. If, if, if this isn't a joy to you, there is something wrong. I, I will say it. Well,
1: thank you for saying it, uh, and, and I'll just add uh, at the very end, what is Jesus actually asking us to do, right? Uh, the people that I talk to, the people that I work with, are, are, are actually very earnest people. They actually care about doing what God is asking them to do. They care about who God is, and, and, and God's calling on their life, but they are running ragged. They are wearing themselves out, and so I ask them, and I'm asking you, I'm asking everyone who's listening, what is Jesus actually asking you to do? It's the same as this woman. Come to me. And you read in Matthew 28, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And interesting that this is all around Sabbath. That's what Sabbath was for. Jesus is our Sabbath. Jesus is our rest. All of you who are working hard, all of you who are trying to be God, what is Jesus actually asking you to do? Come to him. You'll find him in his word. You'll find them in prayer. You'll find them in community here at church. Amen. I appreciate you guys. Looking forward to uh, to whatever this has for us in the future. Diet Snapple, our sponsor. Thank you uh, for the peach tea. They'll never sponsor another episode again. Oh, no. That is the worst.